Welcome to the Streets and People podcast presented by Get Around Cabo Car Free. Get Around Cabo Car Free is a volunteer community movement advocating for more transport options for people who can't drive in Caboolture and Morayfield in Queensland. In today's podcast, we'll be covering one of these three broad topics. It might be Road Rules 360, where we discuss Queensland's road rules, the legislation, the design for people walking, biking, in wheelchairs or on a scooter. It might be Not Everyone Drives, where we chat with people whose transport options don't include a car in a car-dependent society. And it might be People and Projects, where our conversations are with people working on a specific aspect of inclusive transportation. Good morning, good evening. No, I did it again. I, I always do that, John. Hello. Just hello, say hello. Just say hello. No, but I want to do this consistency thing because now we're doing podcasts, we're supposed to be serious people. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And maybe if you think you should be asleep, but you aren't, good night, or maybe you're on a night shift. My name's Wendy and I founded Get Around Cabo Car Free to increase the travel options for people who can't drive in Caboolture Murrayfield because around one in two people in Caboolture Murrayfield can't drive. And I'm here with... John Burrell is my name. And I'm happy to help Wendy out with this uh, little project. I was, when I was at work, I'm retired now, but I was a road rules subject matter expert in Department of Transport and Main Roads. I think today we're actually going to start to talk about some actual road rules. So it should be, should be good. Should we, be. we are. This is the Streets and People podcast and... We have three different topics and today's topic is Road Rules 360. We are, as John says, doing bicycle rules today. What we're doing is we've gone onto the Queensland Government Road Rules page. It's called www.queensland.gov.au forward slash transport forward safety forward slash fines forward slash cycling and it's called bicycle riding rules and fines that's where i'm reading from but john you're reading from somewhere else yes i am i've got the actual legislation itself it's what the police service would call a short title it's just a very brief one-line description of the rule identifying where or what section of the rules it's in and it's telling you what the fine is if you contravene the rule The rule itself elaborates quite significantly on the short title given on the website page. At the top of the website page it says, Bicycle riding rules and fines. You must follow the same road rules as motorists if you want to cycle on Queensland roads. If you break the road rules on your bicycle you may get a fine but no demerit points are given. If you're on the road you've just got to follow the road rules. Of course you don't get any safe infrastructure, only car drivers get safe infrastructure. That's another topic which we're not going into but I'm just being a little bit polemic. The fines change every year. basically ups the fines in line with whatever index. It's all a bit mysterious, that. So the fine increases aren't necessarily in line with what, what's the standard increase, CPI or whatever? Well, it, 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 it would be part of that, but it comes through from somewhere else in government. Not TMR decide what the fine for a particular offence is going to be, but all the incremental increases as years go by is another department that sorts that out. Probably Treasury, actually. I did see they were talking about scooter fines at the moment, and I watched that whole two-hour meeting with the Transport Advisory Committee and and various people Mm -hmm. presenting. So the Transport Advisory Committee, those people at the TMR, is that correct? 
the actual committee is probably comprised of a range of different people, not just TMR officers, but there would be uh, outside interests as well. Just a yeah. heads up, we are not professionals in this space. We are very well-intentioned people. We are not giving any legal advice or any advice or opinion in any regard. This is here to entertain and inform, as Netflix likes to say. Let's hope we're entertaining and we're not even informing in this point. But nonetheless, all right, let's crack on. I've got up on the website the short title. And so I read out the description of offence. And I'll read out the ones that all come under the same section. Then there's the legislation and the fine. And then John's going to go through what that section is all about. The description of the offence, the top three I'm going to describe here, riding a bicycle while not astride the rider's seat facing forwards. Mm -hmm. So basically doing a stunt and not being a front, or perhaps being astride, perhaps. Failing to keep at least one hand on the handlebars, so no hands off. Yeah, handlebars and riding a bicycle using other than the seat position. And this is Queensland Road Rules section 245 and the fine for all those three offences is $154 in December 2023. Okay, John, section 245, what's that about? Well, the first part of it, or the first offence in that section, is to do with doing stunts while you're riding. In other words, you can get a ticket from a police officer if you're riding a bicycle facing backwards. It's one of those things you see occasionally, some bright spark trying to face backwards and look behind and try and pedal the bike. It's actually an offence in, in the road rules. Now the second one is pretty self-explanatory. You've got to keep at least one hand on the handlebar. If you take both hands off the handlebar, then again, $154 fine is coming your way. Just out of curiosity, Say you're on your phone while you're cycling along mm -hmm. and you take your hand off to quickly text, like I may have done this morning on the Wamuran Rail Trail, for instance. Shh, Shh don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> then would I get an offence for that one and using my mobile phone or are they sort of put together in the one, do you know? If would that, you get two fines, yeah, I guess? Well, you Is can. That, you yeah, can, right, yes. okay. Yeah. You could. So yeah. if you had a police officer who was yeah. in a particularly grumpy mood, that's what yeah. you would get. Yes. Okay, all right. So just to, I just wanted to check on that one. And the <laughs> yeah. third one was riding a bicycle using other than the seat position. Yes. <clears throat> and just reading this, this part out, it says, If the bicycle is equipped with a seat, must not ride the bicycle seated in any other position on the bicycle. What that's talking about, again, is sitting on the crossbar or sitting on the handlebars themselves from a safety perspective making sure that if you're going to ride a bicycle that you're doing it in the way that it's meant to be ridden in other words sitting on the seat facing forward at least one hand on the handlebars yeah. all right let's go on to the next one so the next one is section 246 now it's got one two three are they subsections they are subsections so, of the rule yeah. okay and it's it's technical from an offence perspective, it doesn't make any difference. Section 246, subparagraph 1. <laughs> Carrying more persons than the bicycle is designed for. So that's yes. having someone... That's doubling on the crossbar, anywhere on the bike. Stunt pegs at the back. I remember my kids when they were little. Oh, I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> no, riding two up on the bicycle. All right, the next yeah. one under 2462 is bicycle, passenger not sitting in the seat designed for the passenger. We really are going off 
on a tangent here, this is a situation where you may have a bicycle with a seat for a passenger, but the passenger isn't sitting on the seat. The passenger is sitting on the handlebars or maybe sitting somewhere else. It's a very hairline distinction between this one and the previous one, but the whole idea of the rules is to cover everything. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) This is one of those situations where you might have a tandem and a person sitting on the crossbar of the tandem. The next one is 2463, and that is riding a bicycle with passenger not in a seat designed for passenger. What is the difference between that? So, (laughs) bicycle passenger not sitting in the seat designed for the passenger, and riding a bicycle with passenger not in a seat designed for a passenger. What is the difference? The difference is one is an offence for the passenger themselves. The other is an offence for the rider of the bicycle, for allowing it to happen. Ah, okay. You've got two offences, one for just different people. You've got two people on a bicycle, even if it's a tandem or a bicycle designed for two people, there are still offences that can happen for both the rider and the passenger. Okay, and so all those fines are $154, as in at December 2023. Now, we are in section 2482. One is failing to stop before riding across a children's or pedestrian crossing. The other one is riding across a crossing other than as permitted. So that might be a train crossing. There was a time when you had to basically become a pedestrian. Yep. Push your bike across a pedestrian uh, zebra crossing. That's changed. And so you are allowed to, but one of the provisos they put in was you're supposed to stop before you actually set out across. In some cases, it's good because you can make sure there's no cars coming, but in many cases, it's pretty obvious there's no cars coming, so you actually don't need to stop. Each of those sections of the rule is to do with a different type of crossing. Okay. There are actually hardly any zebra crossings and wombat crossings in the whole of Caboolture. Our traffic engineer was part of the decision-making. They had done some really bad analysis in the 1990s and they took out all the zebra crossings and instead you've got these just absolutely woeful traffic islands where there's no zebra crossing and you've got a traffic island in the middle for the pedestrian and then no pedestrian crossing and then you get to the other side. Mm -hmm. So does that count as a pedestrian or a children? crossing no so no, in that a, instance you can just go straight out is that uh, right well you're allowed to cross the road unless there's a specific prohibition you can cross the road on a bicycle wherever you like okay but obviously you've got to do that without causing any hazard to any other vehicles that are coming along the road we had a similar discussion to this with regard to pedestrians a while ago there is a an onus on a pedestrian or a cyclist to make sure if they're just crossing the road, they do so without causing a hazard to other traffic. Now we're doing 249. It's riding on the pedestrian side of a separated footpath. Tell me what that means. Okay, probably the best example is the big shared path that uh, goes across the Hornibrook from Sungate to Redcliffe. (coughs) It's divided into two. You've got a separate section for pedestrians and a separate section for bicycles. And all this rule does is make it an offence for a bicycle to ride in the pedestrian section and there is another rule that provides pedestrians shouldn't be in the bicycle section. 
Okay, we'll get that when we get to pedestrians. We've got 2501A and 1B. As I said before, we are here to entertain and inform. We are not giving advice, just to be very clear about that. These ones are riding a bicycle not on the left of a footpath or shared path, and the other one is failing to give way to a pedestrian on a footpath or shared path. Yeah. I must say that was that's actually very difficult because I'm on a bicycle mm. and you don't have any space on a footpath. So it's really narrow because mm. you're not given any infrastructure as a bicyclist. So I often yeah. think a lot of these uh, offences are because there's just no infrastructure for cyclists. Mm. But mm. anyway, I'm griping. Yeah. Again, these are fairly self-explanatory, especially the failing to give way to pedestrians. But I will elaborate on what you just said it is the cyclist's responsibility to give way to pedestrians but there is also a rule that says a pedestrian must not block the path there's a tension between the two of them but i think and also understanding the meaning of the word give way i mean if you've slowed down and or stopped to prevent a collision between yourself and the pedestrian then you've done everything you can do as a cyclist to give way Okay, it, it's not that I have to come to a stop, wait for them to pass, because sometimes yeah. I'm on there and my bicycle is quite wide. I yeah. have a cargo e-bikes, yeah. and they are wider than your average bicycle, yes. definitely. Yes. And the footpaths are narrow because yeah. no one's been spending any money on getting it that, yes. that sorted. Yes. It's it, actually not easy. It, I can imagine, I'm just trying to envisage this, because some footpaths probably less than a meter wide and your bike is probably a meter wide so how are you going to keep left on that path (laughs) i mean i suppose it's not going to make any difference because you basically fill that path but there is a rule that says obviously talking about a path with uh, some width it is a requirement for the cyclist to keep left very interesting though there's no requirements for pedestrians to keep left (laughs) okay so they can go where they want as long as they don't block the path but a cyclist has to keep left on a path. Because it, it, sometimes it can be quite difficult because footpaths, it depends on whether they're on a slight gradient. Often footpaths are put in where the cars can't go. We can't possibly build a road there, so we'll put in some crappy footpath there in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one that I'm thinking of in Caboolture on King Street where you, you go along on the left-hand side. If I were to put my foot down, I might even fall onto the road oh, yeah, because yeah. I'm leaning too far left and the weight of the bicycle is quite heavy, particularly mm. if it's full of groceries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's quite unsafe for me to be on the left of the left of the yeah. footpath. So yes. the footpath is not very wide. Yeah. Uh, section 251, failing to keep left of an oncoming bicycle or on a path. If you're riding along on a footpath and you're meeting another cyclist, then it's incumbent upon each to make sure they pass to the left of each other, just the same as if it was a car's. Yeah. Good luck getting two, because yeah, they're so narrow. <laughs> you just basically, one of you has to stop because it's impossible to pass. Two giant cargo bikes. <laughs> but not only that, but you've got wheelchairs, mobility Absolutely. scooters and yep. bicycles yep. and all sorts of different people on those. And then uh, the other day I was uh, passing Australia Post. They're quite big, some of those vehicles. I guess a motorised scooter. Yeah, it's just how do you fit both of us on the footpath? And he got cranky at me, yeah. not surprisingly. Yeah. You need more space. Definitely. That's, that's, that's the key thing I think we're going to come up with. You exactly. know, if you're riding active transport of any kind, all the various levels of government need to be aware that you need space and lots of it in order to operate your vehicles properly and safely. Yeah. I read a study the other day that said if you take 10% of car drivers off the road and 
they ride bikes, yeah. you reduce congestion by 40%. Yeah. If you made the road lanes a little mm. bit narrower and you put in a protected bike mm. lane, yeah. even one that's a meter wide, you could easily get 10% of people out of cars and then everybody's much better mm. and you start to really shift yeah. it. Congestion to- busting. <laughs> Disobeying a no bicycle sign or marking on a road or footpath. This is section 2521, $154. Occasionally you see this sign, which is the only way traffic engineers can prohibit bicycles from a road. Or that's probably not true, but it's the main one. There is a sign and it's a picture of a bicycle with a big line through it basically prohibit cycling in that area. Actually, the place I mentioned before, the Hornibrook Bridge, there's a bicycle prohibited sign on the car side or the, the traffic side of that bridge because you're not allowed on that part of the bridge. You have to go on the, the path that goes across specifically for them. This is an offence for anybody that goes on that road where that sign is erected. And the other day on Facebook, one of the bicycle user groups asked a question that was uh, a a sign that said it's just with an arrow it says all bicycles i call it a con because that's what it is it sounds like it's something that's compulsory in other words you're riding along on the side of the road on your push bike and you see this sign there's a bit of a ramp there up to the footpath it seems as if it's a mandatory thing but in fact it's not if there was uh, a bicycle's prohibited sign there as well, that would give it some legislative clout and you would then be required to, to go onto the path. But with just that sign that says all bicycles, or some of them say alt bicycles, alternative bicycles, I think it's bad engineering, it's bad traffic practice to try and force cyclists to do something that isn't necessarily in their interests. Yeah, well, we'll there we, you go. Yeah, we're, yeah. Rah, 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 yeah, we're grumbling, grumbling. that one a bit. Yeah, so <laughs> what, the other thing about that is bike symbols, those pretty stencils that are on the road that mean nothing, that is not a bike lane. When you've just got a stencil and it doesn't have the word bike lane on it, then yeah. that's not a bike lane. So no. I know we've covered this in another episode, yeah. but I thought it would be useful yeah. to put that here. Yeah, there's, you can get yellow bicycle symbols, which are probably the most useless sign you've ever seen in your life because they mean nothing all they're doing is saying oh there might be a bicycle here watch out whereas a white bicycle symbol is meant to be used in conjunction with a bicycle lane sign oftentimes they're not they're just put there as white bicycle symbols and it's another con it's trying to get people to think that that is a bona fide bicycle lane but a lot of them aren't. As you said, we've discussed this in another episode. Yeah. Happy to happy to reconsider it because it's it's one of the main things. It really is. There are so many uh, pieces of infrastructure out there that look like bicycle lanes, but they're not bicycle lanes because they don't have the appropriate sign associated with them. So if that's just a technicality at some level. But well, it's I more mean... than a technicality. The way I like to illustrate it is, I ride a motorcycle. I ride down that so-called bicycle lane on my motorcycle, I can do it with impunity. Yeah. There's no problem with that because it's not a bicycle lane. Okay. So the rules for a bicycle lane don't apply. 
And so I often see they have a, the bicycle symbol on the edge line, which is the solid white line, except yeah. for those missing bits where there's a, a bicycle stencil. So they strike me as being up there with yet another example of bad bicycle lane inf- so-called infrastructure. Yeah. There was an advertising campaign in the 1970s. You might not have been here. There was a bottle of non-alcohol. It was called Clayton's. And this tagline that they had Clayton's is the drink you have when you're not having a drink apparently it was a completely disgusting drink but (laughs) 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 it must have been before you came to the country yeah so I feel that all of these bicycle symbols the Clayton's bike lane that's that's, exactly what they are it's the the bicycle lane you have when you don't have a bicycle Mm. lane I call them pseudo bicycle lanes yeah yeah. They look like bicycle lanes but simply are not. In order for all of these traffic fines that we're talking about to be functional, the infrastructure has to be in place, in, in a lot of them anyway. And certainly with regard to any fines for bicycles or, or any fines associated with bicycle lanes, they don't apply if it isn't a bicycle lane. And if the sign isn't there, then it's not a bicycle lane. Okay. All right, okay. Because, yeah, then then that comes into question about can you actually be fined for an offence on a bicycle lane when it's not a bicycle lane? The answer is no, No, you can't. That's right. But So then does it fall under road legislation? So then are you a road user like a driver? Do you fall under that legislation? It would be different rules. It wouldn't be a bicycling rule specifically. It would be a rule set out for a car driver or a motorcycle rider riding where they shouldn't. In other words, if it is a bona fide bicycle lane and there's a motorcyclist or a car driving down there using it as an extra lane, then that's an offence and there is a ticket that would be issuable to that motorcyclist or that driver. But if it's not a bicycle lane, you can't issue that ticket. Yeah. And so if you see those bicycle symbols and you've got a bicycle riding on a road shoulder or sometimes you see them uh, on the white line as at the edge line, as I said, and maybe you even have them on roads in the lane. So if a person riding a bike and it's not a bike lane, is that a bicycle offence riding in that space? I think if there's no cycling infrastructure there at all, you're still allowed on that road. And you get fined as a cyclist. You don't get yes. fined as another vehicle. Yeah, but you're not actually doing anything wrong unless okay. you are doing something else wrong. Okay. If you're just riding along, not in any specific cycling infrastructure, then you're pretty safe. We're up to moving into the path of a vehicle or pedestrian and causing a traffic hazard. This is section 253. Again, the fine is $154. This is the one I think that people often say get off the road you shouldn't be on the road because if you're cycling along and you are in the road people say you're a traffic hazard this actually goes back to discussion we had a few minutes ago we're talking about a situation where for example you're on the footpath there's no crossing at all there and you want to ride your bicycle across to the other side of the road perfectly allowed to do that but if you start to ride across and this car is coming towards you then you are causing a traffic hazard by moving into the path of that car so that is an offence. Obviously what you would normally do if you value your life is to just wait until there's no traffic, no other vehicles coming along, you can ride across safely without any issue. Just wait until there's no traffic, no other vehicles coming along, 
you can ride across safely without any issue. I was thinking about you're cycling along on the road and a driver comes along behind you. So Mm -hmm. I guess is that maybe not moving into the path of a vehicle? You're allowed to cycle on the road. So people say, get off the road, because people like to be angry. Mm. And so I I wonder, is that speaking to that? Yeah, it's quite significantly different situation. I think if you move laterally, in other words, if you're riding along on your bicycle and you move out into the road, causing another vehicle coming up behind you to brake sharply, then that can be part of this rule. Okay. Uh, There is also another rule which says you're not allowed to change your road position. You, You have to give way to another vehicle if you're changing your road position. But I think what you're referring to there is if you have already taken up that road position. Yep. In other words, no cars coming up behind you at all. You move out into the centre of the road or the centre of the lane or even to the close to the centre. For example, anticipating making a right turn up ahead or something like that. You are perfectly within your rights to do that, even though you're might be going quite a lot slower than the vehicles coming up behind you if you're already there then they obviously they're not allowed to just run you over and they're not allowed to toot and shout and be offensive at you the other day i came out of a little side street and a car was quite a bit further behind me on the main street and i came out onto the main street it's four lanes two on either side I turned left and I probably had misjudged his distance and, and speed. Mm-hmm. It looked at like I was coming out in front of him in a yeah. way at, that, yeah. at some level. I was in the left-hand lane and my cat has just joined us here for this podcast. Oh, she hello. loves to be sociable. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hello, this is, this is how we're in our you know, very exciting studio called The Spare Room and the cat <laughs> loves to be in here too. She loves to be centre of the party. So I'm coming out. And this guy is speeding up and I can feel that he's a bit aggressive on the road. He Mm -hmm. feels quite fast and he hasn't slowed Mm -hmm. down. And there's two lanes on my side. So he could have changed lanes. So he could easily have changed lanes. So I started to move slightly further into the centre of the left-hand lane Mm -hmm. to take up more space. Kind of to force him into the right-hand lane to go around me because I felt that he was aggressive. It's often safest to do that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so... In terms of this moving into the path of a vehicle or pedestrian and causing a traffic hazard, does that fall under that? It could do. It would depend a lot on the timing. If the other vehicle had to brake sharply in order to avoid a crash, then I would suggest that a cyclist pulling out of a side street in that situation would be failing to give way. You'd you'd probably been better off in that situation to have waited till the car passed. But if it's just a situation where you've pulled out and the car then comes up behind you and catches up with you and has to slow down because you are there, that's not a fail to give way. It's car drivers having to share the road with slower 
vehicles on the road. Okay, I'm glad we've got some clarity because it's not always straightforward. We are on section 2541 and 2542 and we've got riding a bicycle being towed by another vehicle and holding on to a moving vehicle. This is the sort of stuff you see in movies. So it turns out... Sorry to bust your bubble. (laughs) Fast and furious watches. (laughs) I know I'd seen it somewhere. And in the Netherlands they've got some great ones as well. All these offences are $154. We're December 2023. What do you say, John? They're pretty self-explanatory being towed by another vehicle you can just imagine you're going down the freeway and a bit of string and you're pulling your, your push bike behind you pretty obvious not very safe at all so it's an offense hanging on to a truck i think it's something we've probably all done um, uh, have we now john <laughs> Did I, say that? I take that back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not safe for obvious reasons. You're going to be travelling a lot faster than you probably would be normally if the car's doing 60 and you're hanging on there for grim death, trying to control your push bike with one hand on the handlebars because one hand's hanging on to the vehicle. Not a good look. Okay. We're up to section 255 riding a bicycle within two metres of the rear of a moving motor vehicle for more than 200 metres. This is a weird one. The history to this rule is to stop what they call slipstreaming, which is where you have a large vehicle, say a bus or a truck, and if you sit on a bicycle very close, we're talking about just less than a metre behind that vehicle, the vehicle just pulls you along and you sit there in the slipstream and you're probably still pedalling but you can actually keep up with that vehicle even if it goes up to normal road speeds. It's pretty dangerous because A, the person driving the vehicle may not even be aware that you're there and the moment they put the foot on the foot brake to slow down there's an awful accident about to happen because you're just going to go crunch straight into the back of the vehicle. It's a thrill seeker thing, stunt type thing that people have done in the past and it's been identified so you get a fine if you do it. Okay, $154. Yeah. So if you did it for 195 metres, then you'd get away with it, you wouldn't be fine. But well, if you did it for 200 metres, then you get Yeah, part. I think it just establishes that you are slipstreaming purposefully rather than accidentally. Right. There's been some discussion about this because if you're in a queue of traffic on your bicycle and you are actually positioning yourself just close to the vehicle in front at slow speeds then the rule would still apply. It's not the intent of the rule for it to apply in that situation. If everybody's travelling along at 10 kilometres an hour and you're 10 kilometres an hour less than two metres behind that vehicle in front of you, you're not doing anything wrong. If you got a ticket for that, you'd probably take it to court. The policeman would get a slap at the wrist and it would have to pay costs. Yeah, okay. Having said that, John, we are here to inform yes, and entertain. This is not legal We're advice. We're you here. <laughs> All right, we're up to 2561, 2562, 2563. Again, these are all 154. And they are bicycle rider failed to wear a helmet, bicycle passenger failed to wear a bicycle helmet unless exempt, ride bicycle with passenger on a bicycle not wearing an approved helmet. Yes. Obviously, you've got to wear a helmet. It's part of the rules when you're riding a bicycle. (laughs) But it's interesting that there are some exemptions to wearing a bicycle helmet and Sikhs. I wondered about that. Sikhs have an exemption. 
Also women, I guess Muslim women. No. no oh. It's only Sikhs. They're part of their religious accoutrements are having the turban on the head. So ah. if you've got a turban on, you, you obviously can't fit a bicycle helmet on as well. There's no exemption for people who have ordinary head covering, which you can still put a bicycle helmet on over the top of. What was the other one? Passengers. Bicycle passenger so, failed to passenger. wear a bicycle helmet yeah, unless yeah. exempt. It's and tough. ride bicycle with passenger on a bicycle not wearing an approved helmet. helmet. Yes, so same as we had on that previous rule, the bicycle rider can be fined if his passenger, his or her passenger hasn't got a helmet the person who the passenger themselves can get a fine as well if they are riding as a passenger without the helmet on so two fines you'd always get both of those fines happening at the same time so if you're riding along on your tandem your passenger hasn't got a helmet on the passenger gets a fine and the rider gets a fine as well a helmet that has to be a proper bicycle helmet yes, is that, yes so... australian standards it is very specific as to what type of helmet you are required to have on your head when you're riding a bicycle. So two aspects to this. If you try riding it with a 25-year-old flower pot on your head, it's not going to pass muster, you'll still get a fine. Yeah. But on the other side of the coin, if you've got a $1,000 motorcycle helmet on your head, you can still get a fine. Right. Because yeah. the rule doesn't provide that exemption for a helmet that vastly and greatly exceeds the Australian standard for a bicycle helmet. I have seen a couple of things like one of those workman hats. Hard hat type. Yeah, obviously that doesn't strap underneath so no. that's why that would be about as no. handy as a pocket in a singlet. With regards to wearing a helmet, that so, is not written uh, here in this legislation. It must yeah. be clipped underneath and it must be correctly placed when you put on a bicycle helmet an ordinary bicycle helmet those little foam ones then is there is there anything about the legislation which says it has to be placed in a particular way no not so long as it's done up properly and it's on your head i mean obviously if you've somehow managed to strap it to your chin with the strap coming around the top of your head that would be an offence because you're wearing it in a manner that's it's not meant to be worn so, so it's fitted incorrectly right. it's just not level or if it's just slightly out of whack or a bit left bit right another common question that we had was can you put something underneath like a hat or uh, a bandana or something like that there's nothing to stop you the critical thing is does it affect the way that the helmet is meant to protect you? If it does, then it's probably an offence. But if it doesn't, which I would say in most cases doesn't constitute an offence, probably not wise, but there's various reasons for that. We're splitting hairs here, <coughs> Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> and how often should you get a bicycle helmet? Is it every year or two? And certainly oh, if it's had no. a big bang, it, you need to replace yeah, if, it because yeah. that, that compromises its effectiveness. It does, very much so. If you fall off the bike and hit your head and the helmet takes the uh, brunt of the impact, then throw it away. They're not very expensive or you don't have to pay very much for a bicycle helmet. So long as they've got the Australian Standard sticker on them, which every bike shop would sell a, a range of cheaper helmets perfectly okay to, if, to use those if it has a, any kind of an impact. If you're collecting all your stuff and you suddenly drop your helmet then... That's debatable. If you drop it from a, a very high height like from your roof of your house or something like that then there might be a case but just dropping it you wouldn't worry too much about it. As for how long they last 
again, there's nothing in the rules that carries anything specific. You'll hear people say you, you, you must change your bicycle helmet every year or every five years or even. There's nothing in the legislation that mandates that. You can get a cheap one from the you know big stores like Big W, Kmart, Target yeah. or Aldi sometimes sells them. Is there any difference with one that you might buy in a bicycle shop? Is there any reason? I've seen bicycle helmets for sale for $250 and other ones for $20. If they've both got the Australian standard sticker on then they, will, they are both going to be protecting your head. It could be argued that the $200 one would give you a, a bit extra protection on top of what's required by the standard. I would say if you're doing a lot of cycling then you'd be better off getting a, something a bit more expensive. But for, for most people, I do quite a bit of cycling and I've got an old Aldi helmet now which is right. about four years old and it's perfectly okay. I used to have a Vespa many years ago. A lot of people have open face helmets yes. and I yeah. kept wondering if I came off this at 60 kilometres an hour yeah. and I landed on my jaw, it would be jaw reconstruction. I got a full face, my bicycle oh. one, because I go 25 kilometres an hour, which is the speed limit. Sometimes if I'm going down a hill, I can get up to a higher speed yeah. because I've just figured it wouldn't take much. There are a couple of near misses I've had. One guy had run through the red light at a set of traffic lights okay. around a blind corner. Trady, I was going with a little green man in my favour. He jumped through the red light. Let me tell you, I swore at him with several expletives. <laughs> I had my big full Deserved face. It. Yeah, yeah. So he, I still have his face of shock. I'm very clear that I want to have a full face helmet because yes. it's yes. not unlikely that someone will bingle mm. me because yeah. we just don't have good safe infrastructure. And if you're on the footpath, and another time when I had a near miss, somebody came out from a commercial driveway across the footpath, it's big fences, and they come out and they're suddenly in the footpath, and I'm going along at 12 kilometers or 20 kilometers an hour on the footpath, because there's no infrastructure, mm -hmm. then she almost hit me, and she was as shocked as I was, but I got angrier, because <laughs> it had happened a couple of times, mm -hmm. then, I could have easily landed up onto Morrowfield Road, yeah. down a hill, down the yeah. driveway, and yeah. that would have been my head. So I was very clear to have a full face helmet because that yeah. will just protect my jaw. It's important to note that you can get full face bicycle helmets. Yeah. A full face helmet might look a bit like a motorcycle helmet, but which isn't one. It's actually got the cycle standard sticker on it as yeah. opposed to the motorcycle standard. This so. is one when they do those dirt bikes and I've yeah. got a very small head. BMX. Yeah, the, there's only one company that does a full face in my size. We've got section 2571 which is towing a person on a bicycle trailer other than as permitted. So the rider must be 16 years or older and the passenger under 10 years. Well they're just a bicycle trailer carrying your children to school, little two-wheel attachment there are some rules around that yeah. you have to be 16 to be riding the bike and the kids must be under 10 if not in the trailer we haven't got one here about dogs but people sometimes put their dogs in those and no shopping offense. and stuff like that there's no, no, offense, no to offense to that. that the next one is section 258 riding a bicycle without brakes a bell horn or similar warning device and you can ride them you have to have <laughs> all those things but it doesn't mean to say you have to use them <laughs> exactly this is a big source of confusion in cycling and c community forums. I've made comments and people have got rather upset with me. You must have 
a bell or warning device on your bicycle. But there is nowhere in the rules where it says you must use them. I won't use them because I once had this situation where it was a shared path, it was very narrow, I binged the bell and this guy turned around and said, you shouldn't be using this, this is a shared path. And I said, yes, it's a shared path. After that, I realised that he just got the shock of his life. There was somebody behind yeah. him going, bing, bing. They should be grateful. Uh, I mean, that's the whole idea is to let people know you're coming. If they're blocking the path, then they can unblock the path and everybody is happy. I'd rather not use the bell on my bike. I just, good morning. That's what I do. Better. One of the things is that people are walking along with uh, oh, their yeah. earbuds and they aren't oh, aware yeah. and I can bing bing. Have, I've got bigger, <laughs> this full face helmet so I'm trying to scream at somebody. I had a situation where I was crossing from one uh, side of the footpath across a, at a T-junction of a road straight onto mm -hmm. the other side and a woman had parked her car and she was just sitting in the car parking the driveway and I said can you move back? Can you move back? What? What? Can you move back? Can you move back? And she said, what? And so I said, can you move back? And she said, there's no need to shout. And I was like, ah! Oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And she said, this is the life as a, uh, as a cyclist. I digress. The next one is 2.59, failing to display a light at night or in hazardous weather conditions. You have to have lights on your bike if you're riding at night or in hazardous weather conditions. If it's foggy or if it's very heavy rain, you probably wouldn't go out for a bicycle ride in really heavy rain, but if you do happen to get caught, then yeah, put your lights on. And is there any restriction about, I've seen bicycle lights and sometimes a little red light or a little white light. It might be flashing or pulsing up and down. Yeah, but red has to be at the back, white yep. at the front. If you start putting red lights to the front and white lights to the back, then you can get a ticket for that. I think that'll probably come out somewhere else on these rules. Does it but, make a uh, difference whether it's a solid light or a flashing have, light or anything matter. like that? Okay, and the last one in our section is leading an animal yes. while riding a bicycle. Oh, I see people man, do that all the time. This is a biggie. There's been a controversy over it. I suppose it really does depend on what kind of animal you are leading. <laughs> I've seen a person leading a camel. Camel while riding their bicycle. Needless to say, the camel would win if there were any sort of tug of war started to happen there. That's the case with dogs, so it, it applies to leading your dog. A dog is quite unpredictable, and I've got one, and I know that she is mostly predictable, but you just never can tell. All of a sudden, if a cat runs out of a, a yard, my dog thinks, I want to chase that cat, then the dog will try and chase the cat and I can guarantee you will come off your push bike. If you wrap the lead around the handlebars, the moment the dog does something like that, that's an accident happening. Even though it sounds quite a draconian rule, there's a lot of common sense behind it. You're better off not leading your dog yeah. while you're riding a push bike. By the way, this is section 3013. Okay, Anything well, else you, you want to add, John? No, I don't think so. There's, there's a lot more rules that apply to bicycle riders. What we've just looked at is the very specific rules that apply to bicycle riders. We saw right at the top, most of the rules that apply to other vehicles also apply to bicycles. And some of them are very, very, very strange, as we'll discover in a new in another episode at some stage yeah we'll, we'll we're going to go through all of these i yeah. think what happens is there's a particular incident and then it gets tabled in parliament mm. and then we need legislation for this
To be perfectly honest with you, I think sometimes people, they just don't realise because you've got an offence for a car, there is traditionally always an offence for a bicycle unless there's something pretty obvious that doesn't apply. A speeding, speeding fine, a, that would be universal whether you're yeah. on a car or in yeah, a bicycle. Absolutely. What we're talking about here is legislation that is specific to being a bicycle. So yeah. this section here was called bicycle riding rules yes. and they are specific about when you're riding a bicycle as yeah. opposed to any other vehicle. Yes, that's well, right. I think we'll call it there because we've gone on for a long time. This would be quite a long episode, so I'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Wendy. And and just (laughs) as a heads up, we are here to entertain and inform. We are not giving advice. That's it. It's a wrap. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for enjoying Streets and People presented by Get Around Cabo Car Free. We publish our podcast regularly at the usual places and on our website where you can find out more about us getaroundcabocarfree.com.au That's www.getaroundcabocarfree.com.au Get around, that's pretty straightforward. Cabo, C-A-B-O, that's short for caboolture. Carfree, C-A-R-F-R-E-E There's no hyphen in that. .com.au Our theme music is The Thief on AM Sound, which is just like our cars on our streets, always stealing the space. So let's stop that thief.